The following is a hoop ball presentation. We have going on between exclusive content in terms of shows to a lit Discord chat that you can check out fantasy experts and people like myself talking hoops. Uh, hoop balls where you want to be, so make sure that you're there. <laughs> we had some basketball stuff going on, as you might expect. Uh, busier Monday than usual. Uh, we're gonna go into it. I'm gonna break down some of the news. I'm gonna tell you why I'm not sharing power rankings today, and then we're gonna close by previewing. Uh, tonight's game. So, without further ado, let's get started. Before I begin, I do want to let you know that Hoopball's working with Manscaped once again to bring y'all a great deal and an amazing product. It is Lawnmower 3.0 season. That is the new electric trimmer from Manscaped that they spent over 10 months developing to make sure that it works best for you. Okay? You can get your hands on that, plus free shipping with the promo code HOOPBALL20. H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L-2-0. Not only will you get that free shipping, you'll also get 20% off your order to get yourself one of these awesome products. Again, Manscaped, Lawnmower 3.0. Get the code HOOPBALL20, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L-2-0 for 20% off your order plus free shipping. Manscaped, check it out. Also, sports are back, baby. And with that comes my bookie. Sign up with... My bookie new account using the promo code Hoopball H O O P B A L L and get a hundred percent deposit match bonus. I mean, why not? Hoopball H O O P B A L L. I say it at least ten times a show. Hoopball. Okay, that's for a coupon code with my bookie. Sports are back, guys. I'm just saying, like, ladies and gentlemen, take advantage of it for sure. All right, so let's go into the news. And honestly, sadly, the news is mostly just injuries. Uh, we had the start in Brooklyn where Spencer Dinwiddie's out for the remainder of the season with a partially torn ACL he suffered against Charlotte. That's unfortunate. Really big for him as he uh, is one of the better free agents that are going to enter the market next season and also just was great for Brooklyn in the early going as someone who could, you know, play at the starting point slash two, you know, off ball alongside Kyrie or give Kyrie the ball, let him cook. He can kind of provide some spacing there. I'm another lead ball handler. It also restored some bounce off the bench, bringing Karis LeVert off the bench where he, you know, had mixed reviews so far, but basically could just cook off the bench and be an offensive initiator in that way. Not only for him to be gone, but for him to be gone for the year, that, that's a tough blow, not only to the Brooklyn Nets, but also to Dinwiddie, who is partially torn. It's still a recovery. I mean, it's not as bad as a full... um tear he should be back uh most definitely uh by next season so i mean that's a good thing but at the same time that's uh, what little solace to me right you partially tore acl it's still a very devastating injury you hope they can recover and get back um relatively unscathed and you also hope that it's something that doesn't impact him moving forward you know acls are, are no joke uh, i think with his game he'll be more or less fine at the same time it's acl you know you just want to be careful and be more reserved that way 
Another injury, Marquise Chris suffered this over the weekend. He was He's out now for the remainder of the season, the broken leg. Another guy that I feel is is devastating. I feel bad for him. You know, he's bounced around the league a little bit. Um, well, had some rough years in Phoenix, really found his place in Golden State. Won't be a star. Definitely won't be the guy that he was imagined to be when he was drafted. But he can still be a solid rotation piece as a big who can roll. Kind of shoot a little bit. Uh, not really 20% three-point shooter on the year. But, like, for his career. But kind of, I guess. He'll definitely at least take it. I don't know. Um, let's take a, let's go away from a clear negative of his game and say that he's an energetic big who's still mad young that could provide some value for the Warriors because that's where he's been, where he's found some success, and now that success has a little bit of a roadblock to it. So you'll be bounces back by next season and that he's fine and that he can restore uh, some of his role in the NBA because, you know, especially – when you're a player like Chris is, who's not a star and a solid enough rotation piece, but almost a dime a dozen as a center, that he will get another opportunity in this league. I think he will, but still. Next. Yes, that's right. We have yet another injury. This happened last night. John Morant suffered a left ankle injury against the Nets. Now, initial tests are negative for a fracture, uh, but there's going to be some more time before they have a firm timetable of recovery. Based off what I saw, I would say about 7 to 10 days. Um, now, yes, I know. I'm not an injury expert, like, at all. But that's my conservative estimate here on NBA today. So you got a little bit extra value there for you. I mean, he landed wrong. Um, you know, you land on someone's foot and twisted it that way. He couldn't put any weight on it at all. Had to be wheeled out in a wheelchair. It, it looked really bad. I am glad that the initial text were negative for a fracture because then that means long-term it's nothing serious. And he was having a great start to the season. I mean, he starts off with a, a career-high 44 against the Spurs. Play strong basketball from there. The Grizzlies, yes, are trying to find their footing. Uh, they have the injuries all up and down their roster. Jaron Jackson Jr. still hasn't played yet. You know, a lot of it wasn't on him at all. Um, but this is obviously a setback they're going to have to endure because now you're losing your top two guys and you're going to look at your young depth and go, hey, um, can we try to grind out some wins? Is that possible, Memphis? Can we do that? So, uh, you know, Coach Jenkins and them have, have a tough road ahead. Uh, John Moran hopefully can come back uh pretty soon like i said that's mine i'll probably have more of an update by tomorrow's show but you, you never want to see that especially for a guy like ja he's oh man he's exciting must see tv for memphis you know and now i guess we're gonna watch dylan brook 20 footers oh well say lobby all right carl Anthony towns sadly sustained a dislocated wrist against the jazz this is two nights ago he'll be evaluated week to the week and also uh, no real firm timetable honestly that just sucks for Cat. Uh, I mean, I'm not even going to try to try to make it about basketball or anything. Just taking a, a step back and looking at the year that Carl Anthony Towns has had, it's tragic. Um, it's already been a horrible year for him losing his mom and his uncle and several other family members due to COVID. And after all this, you have this, you know, when you're just coming back. And honestly, it's, I mean, he explained how basketball at this point is different for him after he lost family like he has. And and now you go and, and you say with another injury, you just feel for the guy. I, I wish him nothing but the best and a speedy recovery, and I hope we do as well. Um, it's a shame. It's tragic. It's, it's, it's real bad. All right, we're going to take a minute here, and we are going to go and recap the games of last night. We had some good. We had some bad. Did we have some ugly? Hmm, let's find out. So we'll start with the Memphis Grizzlies, who did lose Morant. We already talked about that, but they did hold on to beat the Brooklyn Nets 116-111. to 111. Uh, Honestly, it was more of a even game. They were led by slow-mo Kyle Anderson. Kyle Anderson had himself a game. 
28 points, four, seven rebounds, three assists, made four threes. I mean, the dudes actually had a strong start to the year in general, and without Morant, somebody needed to step up, and naturally, you know, you'd probably look at Dylan Brooks, uh, because he's a gunner, and that's kind of what he looks like in, in that in that kind of vein, but no, Kyle Anderson came through with a career-high 28 points, Brooks did play well at a 24, Brandon Clark had 16 points, and Jonas Valanciunas finished with a double-double with 14 points and 14 rebounds. Now, Brooklyn, you know, they were already without Dinwiddie, they were resting Kevin Durant and Kyrie, um, and so a lot of that minutes, time, shots, went to Karis LeVert. It's Karis LeVert show. Just like we saw in the Orlando bubble, just like we've seen in spots in the past with injuries to Kyrie, KD, uh, before that D'Angelo Russell. And, I mean, it got mixed results, as it is wont to do. Uh, Karis LeVert's a good player. You know, he had 28 points and 11 assists last night. At the same time, uh, he just takes some rough shots. That and the fact that the Nets ultimately just ran out of gas in overtime. They only scored five points, um, or they managed five points, and they were all from Levert. After that, they were two for ten outside of that. So, um, you know, you had guys like uh, Timothy Liabu Cabarro. He scored 21 points, unfortunately, after halftime, only two. So it was kind of rough after that. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it's We'll see what happens. They, the Nets play... Uh, two straight games against Atlanta. You can imagine that Kevin and Kyrie will be back. This is something that is planned. But going back to Karis LeVert, because that's where I'm I'm trying to contextualize my thoughts on him. I like him. I like his size. I like the fact that he has um, some good playmaking acumen. I don't like the fact that some of the shots he takes are, are shots that he could make easier. Like, rather than manufacture tough, contested jumpers, get to the basket. You know, knowing that you're not a very good three-point shooter for his career in the lower 30s, he can do it. Uh, he definitely isn't a non-shooter by any stretch. But it's not as consistent trait, then find other ways to be effective in that vein. You know, especially since this is kind of the role, you know, Karras wants to play with the ball. He, he's an on-ball scorer for sure. He's not somebody who can really play off the ball. He's an okay cutter, I guess. Not a great off-ball shooter. You can do it. But, you know, you have to maximize your opportunities on ball when you have them because, I mean, let's be real. Now, you know, you're probably going to stagger with KD and Kyrie, but I would imagine that he bumps in the starting lineup. So he's not going to have the total free that he had coming off the bench especially when you have Joe Harris coming around screens and Kevin Durant and Kyrie with the ball. The only guy who doesn't demand the ball in the starting five is DeAndre Jordan. And even he can be a vertical lob threat, as we all know. So trying to find the balance for Levert's going to be big. Uh, I don't think he gets traded now. I mean, unless you are looking for some extra help. And, and if so, I mean, you probably have to trade more than him. I mean, in other moves, it was going to be Levert and Dinwiddie. And now with Dinwiddie out, I mean, if you're Brooklyn, what do you do? You know, right now, I think you sit pat. You have a solid team already. You have one loss in the rest of your best players who are going to have rest dates anyway, given their injury history. It just makes sense to me. Um, just looking forward to Kyle Silver. I just want to see more and and better. I know it sounds like I'm asking a lot, but I'm just saying, for a guy with 28 points and 11 assists, it could have been easier. That's all. It, it just could have been easier. Um, Memphis? Playing without John Morant moving forward, I mean, I look at a lot more offensive responsibility to go on Dylan Brooks. I look at a lot more playmaking to go on Kyle uh, Kyle Anderson. Uh, Desmond Bain's probably going to get a lot more run. I mean, he's already getting 23 minutes a night, 20, 25 minutes a night. Uh, Tyus Jones, not shooting the ball well, but he got 34 minutes and, uh, what, nine points, five rebounds, four assists. You can expect him to get in there. Would he be starting? I don't know. It depends if they want to restore that. But I think you have to because if you do Tyus Jones – Grayson Allen in the backcourt, 
and then keep the same five. The only problem is your playmaking coming off the bench, you know? But the, do you bring Brandon Clark, go super big, have Dylan Brooks slide, I mean, not Dylan Brooks, Kyle Anderson slide more like a playmaking three? I, I don't know, especially if he plays the four. I'm not sure how they're going to do that rotation. Um, it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, but you hope that they can tread water at least because they've sustained just a whole lot of player absences, just running down the line. And now with John Morant and, and Jaron Jackson Jr., John Tay Porter, Xavier Tillman, Killian Tilly, DeAnthony Melton, all out with various deals. The closest one is probably Melton to return. Um, you know, he had, had COVID-19 symptoms. Uh, for everything else, hamstring, kneecap, knee, ankle, knee. You know, it's a lot. Um, and Jaron Jackson is not expected to be back until late January. So, I don't know. Uh, again, if you're Memphis, where do you go, you know, moving forward from here? That, that is the question. But um, let's go on to the next game and and uh, talk a little bit about some of the fun that was the Utah Jazz versus Oklahoma City Thunder, especially if you're a fan of defense. So the Jazz narrowly beat the Thunder 110-109 to behind a last-second layup, well, with seven seconds left by Donovan Mitchell, on to put him at 20 points and ultimately lead the Jazz to victory. Uh, Mitchell didn't do it alone, and, and Mitchell had some problems doing it in general, but let's talk about the others. Bogdan... Uh, Bojan Bogdanovic had 23, Mike Conley had 20 points, 10 rebounds, and 9 assists. And with that, the Jazz ended a 17-game losing streak in regular season road games against the Thunder, um, including games in the bubble last season. They just couldn't get it done. Uh, a lot of this dates back to Russell Westbrook, but still. Uh, Utah's last win in Oklahoma City was like before the Oklahoma City dynasty got started, October 31st, 2010. You look past that, the last 11, 10 years, if Utah was going to OKC, they were leaving with the L. Isn't that insane? That's insane to think about. They've had some strong Utah teams. Now, teams. now yes, there's been some strong Oklahoma City teams as well. Um, I mean, whether it was Russell and, and, and KD and um, James Harden or just uh, KD and Russell or Russell and uh, on his own with the, the Russell show in 2017, Russell, PG, and Carmelo, Russell and PG, Chris Paul and Shea Gilgis and... Dennis Schroeder. I mean, they've had some tough teams. There's been some different iterations of Thunder teams that could definitely send the Jazz with an L. But I just think that's crazy in 10 years that that hasn't happened. Just wild to me. Um, for the Thunder, Shea Gilgis Alexander hit a game-winning shot in the Thunder season opener win in Charlotte. Uh, he missed a driving layup in pretty big traffic at the buzzer. He had 23 points and 7 assists, while Lugens Dort, man, he led the Thunder with a career-high 26 points, played some very good defense on Mitchell, um... It was it, it was something else. Uh, they had a shot at the end of the game. It, it just didn't work out the way they wanted to. Um, an 8-0 run by Oklahoma City to start the fourth put the Thunder up 95-86. They led by um, they led 193 after a drive by Darius Baisley with like seven minutes left. Uh, then Utah scored uh, 11 unanswered points. Uh, the final six by Mitchell to go ahead 102-100. And then from that point it was a nip and tuck type of game. Dort hit a three pointer. Um, both teams had some empty possessions. Mitchell made a game-winning basket, ultimately scoring the Jazz's final 12 points. Um, we're just saying a lot. The Thunder came out hot. They hit their first five shots. Uh, they had four threes. They got ahead. They were ahead by 12. Um, they held that lead up through halftime, and a lot of that was because uh, Mitchell and Bogdanovich were combined four of 19 from the field in the half. And let's talk about uh, the defense on Mitchell uh, specifically. 8 of 23 from the field, 2 of 10 from 3. Now, yeah, he was only 2 of 4 from the line. That he can entirely control, but he was having a hard time getting going. He was being draped over by Dort. It was amazing defense. 20 points, 5 assists for Mitchell um, in a balanced game. I think you really got to look at Mike Conley, who was a lot more efficient, 
Uh, almost had a triple-double, 8 of 15 from the field. Uh, Bozan Badanovic played well, five threes, 23 points for him. Uh, it was good to have a game where there was some more balance, even when your main offensive initiator, you know, kind of started to get going. Uh, Rudy Gobert had a double-double. It was solid from that respect. Um, but the defense, you have to get, and, and, and credit to Mitchell for doing just that. Saying afterwards that, you know, uh, Dort, the dude is a defender. The dude is a defender, especially when he goes out after and he's hitting shots like he did. 9 of 11 from the field, 5 of 7 from 3. I mean, it'd make you think it's, uh, make you think it's game 7 of last year's playoffs again, doesn't it? 26 points. It was solid. Uh, Al Horford uh, got 11 points as well. George Hill, 14, 5 and 4. Uh, he didn't miss all four of his threes. He's someone I'm looking at to be going to the trade deadline or to be bought out because he can definitely help teams out and, I think there's teams that badly uh, need his services anyway. So he's someone I really like. But I'll be keeping on him. In fact, I want to have a um, buyout watch. I'm going to start here very soon. So we'll, we'll kind of look at that. Atlanta, they have won three in a row with their win 128 to 120 over Detroit. They are the first time they've won 3 0 since 2017, which is wild. Uh, Led again by a very, very efficient Trey Young, scored 29 points. Uh, he he did it on great efficiency. Totally made Killian Hayes look kind of you know like a rookie. Um, and did the darn thing. Let's just run through some of the numbers here. Young, six of 13, two of three from three, but he got to the line a ton. 15 of 15 from there. 29 and 6 assists. Clint Capella got his first action of the season. Same with Rajon Rondo. Rondo, very strong debut off the bench. 12 points in 15 minutes. 8 assists. Yes, 8 assists. 2 of 3 from 3. 5 of 8 from the field. Solomon Hill knocked down 4 threes. 12 points in just under 20 minutes. This bench is deep, y'all. Kevin Herter, uh, probably have a dud of a game. 9 points, 3 rebounds, uh, 2 assists. But still, uh, when you have uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich scoring 17 with five rebounds and five assists as well. You're, you're, you're getting balance all across the board in the offensive end. Cam Reddish, 11.7 rebounds. DeAndre Hunter, 11.6 rebounds. John Collins, 15 points, five rebounds, two assists, only seven shots. Um, Got to look at the distribution of shots here. And when you're putting uh, so many to Trey Young, honestly, he only had a relatively pedestrian 13. Uh, 10 to Bogdanovich, 10 to Reddish, 11 to Hunter, uh, after that, it was relative balance because Herder, Hill, and Rondo each got eight. But John Collins, you can kind of see he was getting squeezed out just a little bit. He still got uh, a pretty good sum of the minutes, 26 minutes for him. But, you know, everyone else had it going tonight. It wasn't anything to overly analyze. It's just something I'm keeping track of, especially since if you remember with my talk with Daniil Lubowski um, about extensions and how John Collins didn't get one and how interesting that is and whether or not he's on the move. Because unlike other teams, it doesn't seem like the Hawks were like, oh, you know what, we got you, John, we, we got you covered, Um, you know, stay tuned. It, it felt more like they couldn't reach an agreement, and we wait and see what happens. And with so many bigs, you know, Clint Capella and Yakai Kungu uh, already on the Hawks roster, where am I going to get that time adequately? You know, they can't all play that bigs position. Uh, they can't platoon that. I mean, they can for a short time, but let's just be real. Does it look like Collins has a long-term future in Atlanta? It's possible still, I imagine, but it does not look likely. So that is something I am looking at. Oh, man, the hapless Detroit Pistons, I mean, they played better. Sadiq Bey did not. 10 points on 3 of 11 shooting. Not great for him. Jeremy Grant, uh, you know, he wanted more of a role. He's in my uh, Trevor Ariza 2011 uh, comparison. No, he's my Trevor Ariza 2010 comparison. I brought this up before, but remember when uh, Trevor Ariza left 
LA for Houston, presumably for uh, more of a shot, uh, creating opportunities, more to spread his wings and become the player he always thought he was, but the rest of us didn't see. Well, they went over to Houston and we didn't see it. He got more shots, but it didn't look great. Um, Jeremy Grant is my Trevor Reza comparison for the season. Now, mind you, he did play a lot better uh, last night. 27 points, 6 rebounds, 1 assist, decent efficiency, 9 of 20, 45% from the field, knocked down 3 threes. I still don't see it. One guy, another guy I'm not impressed with, uh, but like actually not impressed because he didn't do a lot, was Killian Hayes. Just under 30 minutes, still struggling, 33% from both the field um, and from 3. Uh, 10 points and 8 assists, but just looked out of it. Uh, was routinely sending uh, Trey onto the line. Routinely. It, it wasn't even, here you go, another trip to the line, Trey. Oh, why not another? Okay, and it was one of those. But he's a rookie. You expect that. But, I mean, he's had more turnovers and assists through the early portion of the season. Um, this will kind of even out a little bit of that uh, because he had a decent game with eight assists to only two turnovers tonight or last night. But still, someone I, I guess I'm not super big on right now. Uh, Sfee McKayluke also didn't have a great game. Four points on one of six shooting. 0-4 from three. You know, shooters have some, and they have some. They have the good, and they have the bad, and this was definitely the bad. Josh Jackson, though, he is a bright spot for me for Detroit. A great sign by Troy Weaver. I really hope Memphis will bring him back. Um, I even thought he would hopefully go to a team like LA because he's young. Um, you know, a early number four pick a couple of years back. Yes, he's had some rough couple of years from Phoenix and bounced around a little bit in Memphis in the G League, but the dude has been strong for Detroit this season, and he was strong again last night. Twenty-seven points. Four rebounds, two assists on 11-19 shooting, three of seven from three, playing tough defense. I mean, he's doing a little bit of everything. Not really a playmaker, but that's fine. That's fine right now. I mean, maybe it's not for Detroit because you actually want some more playmaking, but just in general as a player who's trying to grow into what he is now, it is. DeLon Wright still sought off the bench. I actually think maybe you give DeLon Wright the start. No, no. 18-5-4 for Wright. In my mind... What is Detroit trying to do? Are they trying to be competitive? You think with some of these moves that they are, right? Whether or not they actually will be, are they trying to? If so, yes, you can give Killian Hayes all the minutes, but DeLon Wright can at least be a solid stopgap starter for you. Bring Killian and give him the same amount of minutes off the bench. Let him kind of ease into the game. It feels like the speed of the game is really throwing him off. You know, and it's fine. It's a rookie point guard. But maybe not throw him directly to the Wolves, especially if you have some sort of decent play-in game aspirations. And whether you do, I mean, I don't think you sign uh, Mason Plumley and Jeremy Grant to uh, miss the playoffs entirely. You know, those are just my thoughts. Maybe kind of ease him in, especially when the Rolon Wright's giving you more production in eight less minutes. And, you know, it's been rel- relatively uh, better, let's just say it, than Hayes through the early part of the season. As we all know, Delon Wright's not a great point guard, but he's a decent one. And that's fine for now. And you can have Killian Hayes play alongside him, watch from the bench, kind of ease into it, learn from him, and become that next point guard. We already know that he's going to be that. So, those are my thoughts. Um, also, what's happened to Sekou Dumboya, y'all? I mean, I've only watched a little bit of this game, but 10 minutes a night? Like, yeah, he squeezed out the rotation, but can he not outplay Sadiq Bey a little bit right now? Can he not outplay Mason Plumley in spots? Oh, Mason Plumley watch, by the way, y'all. Sorry. Uh... Nine points, 12 rebounds, six assists. Triple-double watch every night with Mason Plumley. You can see why Detroit broke the bank to bring him. <laughs> you can check that out for sure. I mean, look at the style line. Doesn't it tell you? He was a stud in the making. All right. Let's talk about Nikola Jokic and his monster game. Because he had 19 points, 12 rebounds, a career high, 18 assists, the 42nd triple-double of his career. Denver Nuggets beat the Rockets, who were shorthanded last night, 124-111. to uh, Jamal Murray, also someone on the injury uh, 
watch, I guess. He had a 21 points. He left a four-minute left in the third quarter. He had a collision in traffic. Sent him down to the floor. He held his hand to his head for a couple minutes. He got up, walked on his own power to the locker room for further examination. He was back on the bench but did not return. Uh, just something to monitor moving forward. He might be okay. He went back to the bench. That's a solid start, but we got to see. Um, James Harden. Yeah, Rockets are, you know, still winless, but James Harden's played well since playing. 34 points. Christian Wood added 23. Remember, the Rockets don't have John Wall, DeMarcus Cousins, Eric Gordon, and Mason Jones. They all remain away from the team due to COVID-19 health and safety protocols. Houston dressed nine players against Nuggets. Uh, remember, they had a two-point overtime loss against Portland in their season opener on Saturday. So they're still trying to get their wind under them. Harden, y'all, in the second quarter, 21 points and three threes. But the Rockets, uh, they still trailed by 10. Uh, Jokic and Murray were on fire, and, and particularly Murray, who is someone I'm really looking at because his efficiency or lack thereof has been something that's been watched. Yeah, I remember how big he was in the playoffs and then how horrible he started the year. And right now, you know, he left early 21 points on 50% shooting, two assists. It's not it's not horrible. We'll take more of that, Murray, than what we've been getting the first two games. Paul Millsap is continuing a solid season for him. Uh, 19 points on 7-8 shooting, three rebounds. You know, he's been a shot-making savant since the season started. Uh, meanwhile, Michael Porter Jr. again with the start of the three. 14 points, nine rebounds, two assists, playing well. Will Barton off the bench, not playing well. 5 of 12, shooting one of four from three. 11 points, four rebounds. I'm keeping my eye on that. I could definitely see Barton being gone by the trade deadline. Uh, he hasn't said too much, but he talked a lot about this before the season started. He really wanted to start. Hasn't really had that, and hasn't really played as well coming off the bench. He's had some moments here and there, but... Overall efficiency, not not been good for him. So, is he discontent? Will he voice that displeasure? Possibly. He already has voiced a lot of it, don't you think? Something to watch. Let's talk about Nikola Jokic, though. He is really just becoming the guy that we all knew he was, but, like, in his mind, he's becoming that guy. Only one three. I'd like to see him take a ton more, especially for as good as a shooter as he was. But when you're 8 of 11 from the field, are you really going to pick nits? Far be it for me to do that. Those 19 points were bomb, but those assists, those rebounds... The dude's a stud. The dude's a star. You know, he is the best player on the Nuggets. I think having a bat, having a sidekick like Jamal Murray is great, but, like, Jokic is that. Jokic is the guy, and, and he's shown that. He's playing great. Some of those passes that he made were just bomb. He The ease that he scored, the, the basketball. I mean, what can you pick at this guy? Clear all-star. And, and honestly, I don't know. I, Watching him is like basket. It's like a crash course in basketball basketball wizardry. It really is. The dude makes plays that you just don't see. Sometimes even after the replay, and I see more than that. I see the dude averaging a, a, a triple double Russell Westbrook style twenty twenty twenty. Why not? The dude can collect rebounds. The dude can score, and we all know that Jokic can pass the rock. Why not? That's my hot take of of the day. Uh, for his entire career. <laughs> but it's going to happen. 2020-20. You heard it here first. All right. Last but not least, the Blazers behind red hot shooting from Gary Trent and some rather ininter- uninterested Laker defense. Uh, they beat the Lakers 115-107. to uh, Let's talk about Gary Trent. He was the guy of the night. 10 of 14 from the field, 7 of 11 from three, Three rebounds, one assist, 28 big points to lead uh, the Blazers in scoring. Well, not lead them. He still had one Damian Lillard, of course. But, wow. The dude was on fire. Um, hitting everything he touched. It started in the first quarter where he had 11. And he just kept pumping in shots all through the rest of the game. 
up until midway through the fourth quarter where he was taken out for Robert Covington, Derrick uh, Jones Jr. And you wonder, you know, why was he taken out for uh, two guys that were combined three of 18 from the field, 0 of 11 from three in 37, 36 minutes plus a piece? Well, the defense that they played, specifically on a, a Lakers team that, you know, wasn't really, I don't want to say they were interested because they, they definitely played hard, especially LeBron with an edge early. Uh, and LeBron finished still 29 points, 9 rebounds, 6 assists. But Derrick Jones Jr. Uh, got in his way a little bit. Not so much directly in his path, but he didn't get be- he didn't give up on the play. He kept coming up from LeBron. Um, I don't think he had he had one really good block where he spiked the ball uh, uh, from a LeBron James spin layup off of uh, Nurkic that he thought was going in. Uh, but Jones didn't give up. He stayed committed to the play, came and spiked that puppy. After that, I think the other two times he did it were mostly fouls or something like that. And he did kind of body LeBron a little bit, uh, which is crazy to say for someone so slight. But LeBron did the same to him. Uh, LeBron kind of led with that forearm a little bit that, you know, 96% of the M- of NBA players would have that called offensive foul. You had the select few that wouldn't, and James is obviously at the forefront of that. So, that happened. Anthony Davis did not look the most engaged. Uh, Double-double with five assists, 13 points, 10 rebounds. But, I mean, it was the sleepiest double-double I've seen in a hot minute. Um, after the game, Coach Vogel said they didn't, you know, include Anthony Davis in the offense enough. Eh, I don't know. I don't think he wanted to be. Like, I don't think they went away from it too much. Uh, well, with one guy, we'll get to in a minute. Uh, Marcus Saw, I feel, could have gotten more touches and should. 4.7 rebounds, no assists. I mean, give the ball to him. Let him be an addici- additional playmaker. I don't understand why, you know, he's not getting those opportunities. Um, he does still seem out of source in this Lakers system. I understand that. Hopefully he gets some more of it. But it's hard to do that when you have a guy like Dennis Schroeder starting. Dennis Schroeder, the numbers look great. 24 points, 4 rebounds, 4 assists, 50% shooting, 50% from 3. Really just wanted to. Got to the line, 7-7 seven to seven from there. But I felt like he, all last night, tried to make that game like a personal game between him and Dame. It did not work. Dame cooked him, even with him having an efficient night. And also, the way he dominates the ball, it throws off some of the, I don't know, sharing the rock that you kind of need. I mean, there is a, clearly a hierarchy. LeBron, AD, but then maybe go through Marcus Gasol as a more uh, additional playmaker. Dennis Schroeder was missing clear reads sometimes for Gasol. And Gasol has been missing at the top of the key. It's like the pass room was like a last resort type of thing or, oh, they watched Gasol enough to know the idea of Gasol. He can playmake in more than just the center of the floor. And I think if you use that playmaking that he provides, that opens up a whole other element for the Lakers' offense that I just don't think is being utilized right now. Now, yes, it's only three games, four games now, but, like, no. No, that's not cool. You know what I mean? Like, get him more involved. And and if you bring Shooter off the bench, you bring more balance that way because at this point you're playing through uh, kind of staggered with Shooter and Kyle Kuzma who had a strong night against Minnesota uh, the day before, did not have a strong one against uh, – the last night against the Blazers, 2-9 and nine from the field uh, for three points. Oh, my fault, six points. Uh, Montrezl Harrell, definitely a lot more of a low-key game for him in 27 minutes, 9.6 rebounds. Uh, Wesley Matthews, not really doing anything. Again, another guy who I think is struggling to find his role. Definitely not getting the open shots he was getting in places like Milwaukee or before because he's playing with the bench that can't really create those open shots for him. 15 minutes, uh, two points. Markeith Morris, nada. Taylor Horn Tucker, six points, uh, what, nine minutes, missed both threes, and also lost sight of Gary Trent Jr. again and again. One of the few bright spots outside LeBron for me was KCP. Uh, you know, you always have the moment where he tries to do too much, but 14 points on five and nine from the field, knocked down four threes, one rebound. I mean, that's probably the best you're going to get in a night where the Lakers did not, did not feel 
fully engaged. Um, at least their defense didn't. They came out the gate strong. But then, you know, that was it. Gary Trent really paced the Blazers for sure. Damian Lillard scored 21 of his 31 points in that second half. CJ McCollum did not score officially 7-22, but he had 20 points and 11 assists, and, and that that was that was what they did. I mean, they're showing that, hey, the Blazers, they're a solid team. Are they, like, contenders like that? No, but they're a solid team. I still don't see them as, I think, some hipsters picked them to finish, like, one or two in the West. No, no, I don't. A lot of offenses to go through your guards. Uh, you know, your front court is, well, very decent. I think going to struggle against some of the better teams that can attack them. Uh, you know, LeBron and AD aren't going to play as pedestrian as they did last night. You know, as good as Derrick Jones Jr. and Robert Covington are, uh, Kawhi and PG, uh, I think they'll be fine. You know, KD and Kyrie, I think they'll be fine. There's a bunch of tandems that I think they'll be fine. You know what I mean? It's not like the Blazers' defense is amazing. It, it's beyond serviceable. Is that something I can say? Beyond serviceable? That's what I'm saying. So, yeah. I mean, they looked all right. Uh, I just don't know about the Lakers and finding that continuity. Their streak of 59 straight victories when taking a lead to the fourth quarter was snapped. Uh, they kept it close, but, you know, teammates kind of struggled. Second half of the back-to-back, it happens. Uh, remember, for uh, both teams, injuries were a factor. Carmelo and Nasir Little missed the game under NBA health protocols. Uh, you would expect Carmelo to take some more minutes, and who knows how that impacts Kyrie Durant Jr., but it worked out for him tonight, so or last night, so it doesn't really matter. Zach Collins still has that left ankle injury. And uh, Alex Caruso, he missed the game under NBA health protocols. And not to say that he's a big scorer, but LA, out, you know, with Montrose House nine points, got just 23 bench points total. Not super great. Anyway, uh, speaking of the aforementioned Clippers, the Bla- Blazers play the Clippers on Wednesday. Uh, the Lakers will be playing Spurs on Wednesday. So, uh, interesting games for both teams. Looking forward to that. Let's take a moment and uh, preview some of tonight's games. So, before I do that, I did want to share, you know, this is about the time where you see a lot of content creators in the NBA bring out power rankings and who's up and who's down, who's trending in the right direction, all that good stuff. I'm going to wait another week on that. I'm covering the NBA every day, so I think we'll kind of look at it from different angles, but in terms of more traditional power rankings breakdown, I want more of a sample size. We've had some crazy blowouts. The, the what the Clippers would be down after that 50-point loss to the Mavericks, and as they should be. But at the same time, Christmas Day was a bunch of blowouts. I think teams are really still trying to find the rhythm. And it's not like I'm talking about the NBA, you know, bi-weekly or once a week. So I have time to kind of analyze it a little deeper. And with that, that's why I'm not doing power rankings right now. Because it's weird. It really is. Do I really think the Cavs and the Magic are, are one of the best teams in the NBA? No, of course not. Do I think the Wizards won the worst? Eh, I mean, lost twice to Orlando, but no, I don't. You know what I mean? Where did the Lakers go? Middle of the pack after 2-2? Two and two? Straight in the competition, does that mean anything? I mean, you got to look at those factors as well. Houston, where the heck do they fall? I mean, you haven't even seen their full team. So, like, I don't know. And because of that, I don't feel comfortable doing a power ranking outside of being hot takey or whatever the case may be. And that's not what I'm about here. I mean, occasionally, yeah, you get your hot takes because that's what I like. But I'm not baseless out there. I'm not going to be like, I'm not going to throw any names out there. That's just not what I'm going to be. So that's why I'm not putting out one right now. I think I'm going to watch another week of games, get a little more of a sample size, and then you can go into who's up, who's down. Uh, but we can mention one who's down. Andrew Wiggins and Kelly Oubre. Oh, my God. What are they doing? Kelly Oubre in particular. Uh, apparently the stat that I think he's 0 for 31 on shots that aren't dunks. Like, yikes. Anything that's not a dunk he hasn't made. Anything. Andrew Wiggins only slightly better. Those are your two secondary playmakers behind Steph Curry. Y'all, y'all, y'all do realize that, right? Like, Draymond Green come back is going to be great, but he's not a shot maker. He's a shot creator, defender, not a shot maker. That is 
horrible. Now, yes, they did beat the Chicago Bulls on the last second shot by Damian Lee, which is great. Good story. You know, Lee's a scrapper, plays hard, Seth Curry's brother-in-law, all that good stuff. But really? To beat the Chicago Bulls? Who? Just let me tell you. If I look at anyone's uh, power rankings, the Bulls are definitely at the bottom. Definitely at the bottom. So let's show you about the Warriors, who are going to be just, what, barely above them? Just saying. I want more of a sample size before I dive into that. And so wanted to give the warning as to why I'm not doing that here right now. But it will come, so stay tuned. All right. Yeah, I know the drill. All Eastern times here as we run through the slate of tonight's games. You got the undefeated Cavs against the New York Knicks. 7 p.m. Eastern. Knicks are still without Obi Toppin. Uh, they'll be without him for a minute. The Cavs are 3-0. Make it 4-0. Warriors versus Pistons. 0-3 Pistons versus what should be the 0-3 Warriors. That should be fun. I'm not really sure where I'm looking on that. The Warriors are pretty bad, but the Pistons aren't great either. Uh, I'm looking for a, a decent game for Jeremy Grant, though. So we'll see what happens. Um... Celtics versus Pacers, that should be a fun one. Pacers actually had a, a, a game winner against them um, with DeMontis Sabonis, who's averaging 24-11-7 for the season. So that's going to be fun to watch, see if Brad Stevens can kind of counteract what happened in that first game. Raptors versus 76 is another solid game. Uh, Raptors are 0-2. Got to get together. 76-2-1. Uh, they had that last game where they missed Joel Embiid and just got straight killed by the aforementioned Cavs. So going to be important to see how they bounce back. Wizards versus Bulls, battle of the, uh, I want to say undefeated, but what's the opposite of that? Battle of the winless? Yeah, that's where we're at. Russell Westbrook should play in this one. Uh, he's been resting uh, one game with the back-to-back. -back. Uh, you got to think the Wizards will get on track at some point, and what's an easier way to do that than the Bulls, right? So there you go. On TNT, 7.30, Bucks versus Heat. That should be fun. Rematch of last year's uh, semifinals. Should be a lot of fun to see how that goes. Uh, Giannis, who's had a horrible shooting uh, start to the season versus a Miami team that made things tough for him last year. We'll see if he comes out with a head of steam and a working shot. <laughs> we'll see how Bam Adebayo and, and the rest of the Heat work out. And then check out the stats of Jimmy Butler, who's still out with uh, right ankle tightness. Magic versus Thunder. That's an eight. I don't know what to say about that game. Uh, Thunder, you know, second half of the back-to-back. -back. Magic, another 3-0 team that... Uh, had the pleasure of playing the Wizards twice. Pelicans versus Suns at 10 p.m. Also on TNT. That should be a fun one. Zion and the crew against a fun team in Phoenix. Seeing how they bounce back. Um, they lost their first game against the Kings. Came back and beat them on the second one. On the second of a back-to-back. Had a little bit of a day's break. And now they play the Pelicans. Let's see how Devin Booker looks. See how Brandon Ingram looks. That's what I'm checking out. Uh, I want Chris Paul to have a great bounce back game. I really do. He's played okay, but I just want to see like a really strong Chris Paul game. Uh, last uh, but not least, we have two more games. Uh, 10 o'clock, uh, Timberwolves versus Clippers. Should be an easy one for the Clippers. Uh, Timberwolves are shorthanded. Missing Carnathy and Towns. Clippers, I mean, come on. They just lost by 50 points to the Mavericks. Do you really think they're going to come out flat? I mean, they could, but do you really think so? No, I don't. And then last but not least, Kings versus Nuggets. A rematch of the Thriller uh, in the first couple of games of the season. That should be a lot of fun. Uh, Jokic averaging a triple-double for the season now. Small sample size theater, I get it, but 24 points, 12 rebounds, 14 assists. Aaron Fox, 2-1, 19, 2 rebounds and 6 assists. Got see how it works out, see how it cooks. Let's see if the Kings can go 3-1 against a Nuggets team that should be a very tough team in this Western Conference, as we already know. All right, and that will do it here for me on NBA Today. Y'all already know where to find me on Twitter at CorbinNBA, HoopBallHoop-Ball.com, online at HoopBallTweets. Make sure to check it out for sure. 
Got a great partnership with my bookie, Hoop Ball. Code Hoop Ball. Check that out for the 100% deposit match. And got Manscaped, the Lawnmower 3.0 Hoop Ball 20, H O O P B A L L 20 percent off your order plus free shipping. So definitely make sure to check us out. We have a plethora of fine team podcasts. Fantasy NBA Today with uh, Dan Bespris is the best in the business. Seriously is. And if you think that's the best, because it is, check out all the team podcasts we have as well that go into great content on your favorite squads with more to come. So definitely stay tuned. Keep watch on that. I'll be back tomorrow, as y'all already know. But until then, I will be frosty. Y'all stay frosty. And I'll talk to you tomorrow. All right, y'all. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.